0: everybody, David Donaldson here with Joe Martin and Keith Barrett for our two-episode arc on the changes that we're seeing, or may or may not be seeing, in the real estate industry. So, welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurial
1: Impact. Well, it also goes into like confidence and sense of community, and like home pricing increases, and like you just have to see that like what happens when people have shelter and things like that. And I think that's one of the big things that I have challenges with there. The other one is. If you talk about like if you tr- like my point on this is has nothing to do with like brokerage or agents has everything to do with the consumer, because when you think about that that harms the consumer. The next thing that harms a consumer is if you don't have a call it a public MLS or a, a standard of where things go. It's kind of like what has so like, let's, let's break this one down. Right, so everybody has access to Google, right? Everyone has access to Yahoo or Bing or whatever the heck those things are called. You have free access to information, whether or not it's. For those of whom he's
0: referencing a search engine, just because yeah. you didn't know what that was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or ask chiefs, right? Oh, <laughs> chiefs, oh my goodness! <laughs> bring it back, in, bring it back. In. Uh, my, I say this because, like, let's use an analogy that most people can see: is that okay? So if you've got free access, this is why a lot of times you see state and federal subsidies on internet because they want access to things that make people's lives better in education, right? A better educated society is going to have a better robust economy. And uh, pick your poison on that one. So if you don't have, if if you can only get a hold of Google, you can only get a hold of Bing, and I can only get a hold of XG's. What does that do for the open market of consumer, and also for seller, right? So when you start to say, okay, now we're gonna get away with MLS's that are controlled by the the local boards and the boards or whatever. Now you're you're incentivizing brokerages mm-hmm. to set up their own internal. System that only people that are agents of that broker can access. So when you think about that, you're going to sh- harm the consumer as a seller because they're not going to get the broadest reach of consumers for price points, and you're also going to harm buyers because they're not if they're working with a ABC realtor and the li- the house they actually want is with XYZ, they're not even going to know that XYZ listings there. So you hurt by having that internal thing, but you're actually incentivizing the industry to do that because, like, well, if, if I can't do this on MLS <coughs> and I can't do this with blah, 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 then I'm going to have to do it this way. And then it's basically going to say that one one brokerage that has market share is going to have the, like, fail-safe benefits of that because they control all the listings.
0: So, Joe, you kind of trumped the question, but I'm going to ask the question and rephrase everything anyways. It's like that all kind of falls into, well, now what? Right, exactly. If we've had the result of the first lawsuit because this is what we were talking about, guys. Uh, is that this is just the first settlement? That's right. Now we're seeing lawsuits start to pop up all around the country because that was a test balloon case. Mm-hmm. Where are we going now, and
2: how many of these do you going to see, and when is this going to end? Yeah, that that's that's a great question. I got and I got a couple of things to say on, on what on what Joe said. So you're you're going to see copycat lawsuits. The big one coming down the pike that's already been filed and is in the wings is the Merle case um, because unlike the Burnett-Sitzer trial that was uh, focused on, on Missouri, the Federal District Court Missouri, the Merle case covers large swaths of the United States. okay um, uh, The class in that particular case is much larger and uh, they're predicting that if this goes the same way that Sitzer-Burnett went uh, with the same outcome, you're going to be looking at uh, a, a damages award of forty to fifty billion in that case, not five billion, forty to fifty. Joe, billion you can stroke billion. that check, right? Yeah, yeah. We all got that money just lying around under the cushions. Yeah. You
1: know I'm going to say this because yep. this is like, do you know what I heard? How much? Uh, just to interrupt this one, just for sort of comic relief here. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's, so, talk let's talk <laughs> about money. All right, all right. So. And I could be completely wrong, and I'll put that app that, that asterisk there, right.
2: This is all. This that. is the, right. You're You're the disclosure. The right. so, yeah, this is the disclosure episode. Again, this is disclosure. Right. Right. So, I don't
1: know if I was right on the on the broker stuff. I'm <laughs> not a broker, and I'm just going to say if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Right. Um, so they had a $1.8 billion settlement in, in the Missouri case, right? Yeah. And travel da- with travel damages. With whatever that is. So my, <laughs> my, my thing is, yeah, but if if they don't have that money, the money doesn't get paid out, right? right? So it's, it's all clear on that one, right? Oh, great. You want 100, $1.8 billion, yeah. but if you can't pay it, that's then right. where is it going to go, right? That, by the way, that's
2: called being judgment-proof. Yeah,
1: right? <laughs> so my, my, my point is that – so I heard – And I I would love to be wrong on this one, but they had a $1.8 billion settlement. Now it's going to go to appeal because they're already putting bonds up from Keller Williams and Berkshire and NAR. But from what I was told, based on the amount of uh, the the class action, like representatives that were represented by those attorneys, each person roughly is going to receive $2,000 on the settlement. That's what I heard.
0: Yeah, how much the lawyer's going to get?
1: 40%. That's my point. So when we think about like this just going back to consumer rights, like uh-huh. this is the thing that like bothers the heck out of me is that the the people that were so causally harmed $2,000 is going to fix their, their, their challenges and whatever they sold their homes for. No, like let's be clear here. 40% is going to an attorney and that's why you're getting all these copycats, right? And this is why I lo- I've got family members or are attorneys, but why do you think we get this whole like is, ambulance Is 40
0: for chickens a fixed cost? Is-
1: well, it, 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 but like here's the thing, like going back to like what's <laughs> beneficial to the consumers and the economy at large, how is giving, setting an example of why we want to break up and not have antitrust, but then you have a situation where the people that are supposedly hurt are getting 2000 like, Correct. Like that doesn't Well, make sense
0: I, that. I said this also, if you remember, but begin, uh, so we're in episode two. So if you think back to episode one, right, When I started off, that's about follow the money. VC came in here and drove the fund because of the amount of chickens that were at risk. So let's follow the money again. Right? Who benefits from this? Not the consumers. Co-star. Oh.
2: Well, so, so all right, right. So now you want to get right, deep. So let's let's get deep back.
1: State, red, like, deep right. State, well, yeah. Deep, right?
2: Let me. So let me come to all, two, right? Yeah. right. Yeah. So so Joe asked about like the MLSs. You said what's next? Yeah. So again, I mean, let's be honest. No one knows really what's going to happen. Okay. Right. Because we're still we're still kind of feeling this out. I'm and, waiting and to and see what up. the odds on Fanduel are, but go ahead. <laughs> so so but you know I've been thinking about this. Like, what are both the intended and unintended consequences? So what we could see is if, if there is if there is aggressive action taken here in terms of some sort of injunctive relief, um, you know, there's a lot of MLSs out there, right? We happen to be in one bright that is Massive. very large, 800-pound gorilla, but there are MLSs out there that are really small, mm-hmm. not well-funded, uh, don't have a lot of membership. So I think one of the unintended consequences of this is we might see some very rapid consolidation uh, a lot of M&A going on. And it's not necessarily going to be uh, MLSs uh, devouring each other, but it could be organizations like, say it, you just did, <laughs> the co-star, mafia. No, the CoStar. Of,
1: like commercial real
2: estate? <laughs> yeah, Because, co- co- yeah. P- look, data is the new gold, and, and a lot of it's been made available, and, and, and companies know that so who controls home so so that's exactly right Mm. so so we we could see uh, a lot of upending in businesses uh particularly amongst the mls uh in terms of consolidation here because also without these required mandatory rules because who knows what's going to happen with that as well you're what are you going to have to show at that point more value you're going to have to give more value to the users of that service um and uh and we know in this business, particularly as it relates to technology and data, that uh, size and scale allows you the ability to create more value more easily than some of these smaller ones. They're going to have a very hard time doing it. So-
1: and who else did CoStar acquire? Wasn't
0: it Showing Time? No, that's not. that wasn't them. That was the other big gorilla in the room uh,
1: The who will remain nameless. So I just think it's interesting that like you see that because if they go – they break up all this stuff, who comes in that already mm-hmm. has the technology and has, right. has shown a path to control all of the commercial data. Yep. But that's why I say follow the money. Right?
0: It's not the buyers who are actually being protected here. They want to put the real estate realtors out of business, right, and who are the companies that benefit from it. CoStar is one, Amazon's another, and another is a company called, know, we'll just call them, they start with a Z. They all want us out of business, right? <laughs> So follow Except, the money. You
1: know what's funny about the Zillow, though? Um, I actually will say nothing negative about it because I, I can game recognize his game. Like they did a great job in their business acclimate. Um, what I think is f- interesting about Zillow is that they still haven't been able to get past search. Like people go into Zillow search, they get eyeballs on it, but they don't go any farther than that. Right? They don't so that the question for zillow they've tried to go going into like mortgage and title and they've they've said this that's so why they sh- stop those instant buy programs was such a loss they haven't figured out how to actually go end to end on the transaction. And they've actually had to double down on the agent because they realize that their only way that they're closing transactions in their referral money is they have to have agent partners. But they continue to try to bring all that in house too. They're trying to, but they're So they're the ones that acquired
0: showing time that you brought up, right? They they just purchased Follow Up Boss. Mm -hmm. They previously bought Dot Loop, right? They had purchased Market Leader originally. So what were all those acquisitions in order to do? Well, Well, because they they like agents, right? Well, and it goes back to the data. 100%, right, so 100%. if they have search and they have databases now two companies that they've acquired over time, now they have the ability to write contracts through dot loop. Now they know all the agents transactions or activities that are going on in and out of houses. So again, when I say follow the money, who stands to gain? Yes, I recognize that they sell leads, but there's a bigger end game for them on some of this. And the same goes to the co star too. It's search. It's Control of the transactions, control of the consumer, is not at the benefit of the
2: consumer. There's, 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 there's a lot of money at stake in this business, and that's why. And you said it to start, Dave. You know, we've just seen over the years attempt after attempt to disarticulate real estate agents, quite frankly, um, from the transaction because there's just there's a big pool of money. To be had for the organization that can. Well, wow, I'll use Joe's
0: Turner. i will go more more than mafia. T- not to articulate, it's dismember.
2: Yeah, or the or the yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: what's interesting though is that like when you talk about like money though, when you when you think about like all right, so I don't know, they're going to transact four point five give or take a couple hundred thousand homes, right? And say the average price from a home is four hundred thousand, so it's twelve thousand dollars on on three chickens or something like that. But like, it's it, okay. So it's a couple hundred million in like G like C, probably close to a billion in G C I, right? But when you look at homes under management, the amount of money that can be made off of like, if you had a Amazon home services. So think about all the stuff that you do on Amazon because it's easy. Could you? Man, what happens when you manage your home? Yeah. And then you actually put all the Angie's List stuff into a home management app. There is no home management app. There's a couple things yes. that say like, that, yeah, right. But there's no managing the home. And like where the real money at, you're talking about trillions of dollars inside of home management from landscaping to maintenance to whatever because you've got a bunch of millennials coming from class A apartments that don't know what a filter is. They don't know. I literally, I, no kidding, talked to a friend of mine that's in his 40s and I say, he goes, what are you doing right now? I go, I'm winterizing my house in Virginia. He lives in Texas. He's like, what is winterizing a house? Literally had no idea how to like shut off hose bibs or anything like that. So you're going from a bunch of people that went and had everything served to them to then say, you should buy a home because it's wealth building and all that kind of stuff. They, they buy a home and now they're like, I don't know what to do. What do you mean I gotta change an air filter? What do you mean that like my HVAC is shot because I didn't change out the air filter, right? Or that, oh, there's a water filter away. Well, hey, there's no ice in my fr- my fridge. Oh yeah, your filter's clogged. You should probably change that every six months. So these there, there's a whole industry. When you talk about company dollar and GCI, it's a blip compared to what you could have when you have dominant houses under management for all the services that can be monetized off of that, because think about all the entrepreneurs that are like contractors, they're painters, they're drywall people, whatever, and they have no ability to market themselves. So what happens when you tie into a platform that allows you to quickly process payment and do basically Uber of management of homes? And that's where if you want to talk about where the industry goes. That's where it goes. It's
2: an interesting
0: thought. Now, it, it's kind of crazy to think about what's next, and it's there's a big question mark going on there. But let's bring it back to what's next and how does it immediately affect the industry, yeah. right? Because we mentioned a couple of things, like, okay, there's been a settlement. Well, that means no money's been paid. There's been some changes to contracts. Well, that happened in July, right, and some things that happen, and we're going to see some more disclosure things happen and come across, at least, uh, probably forums across the country, even though you, know, you touched on MLSs, I think the boards get gobbled up too, but we're going to see some some form changes happening too. But what really happens and what does anything at all happen to the realtors themselves and the buyers in today's world based off of what just got decided?
2: I mean, well, so, okay, honest answer, who really knows? That's the long term, right? But that would be boring to leave it there, right? Yeah. Like people want everyone else to have a crystal ball, so here's mine. Uh, I I think in the short term, not much happens. I I think for most people, it's going to be, um, I'm not sure. I'd say business as usual because there's this kind of cloud hanging overhead, but uh, I I think it's going to look and feel um, not much different from what people were doing. You know, October 30th. Um, now, <clears throat> a lot of the mid and long term, however, is going to depend on how the rest of this plays out, right? Like what the final judgment is, the appeals, et cetera. But I mean, those appeals, that could take years. It's going to take a while. Yeah. It's going to take a while. So, you know, I I, th- I think I think what it looks like in that case uh, will depend on, on two things, because I think there's two possible... Well, there's more than two possible outcomes, but in my mind, the two most likely possible outcomes are one, um, the the rules around MLS, the NAR, you know, handbook and listing policy, all of that will get revised. The code of ethics will be revised to just make it clear that uh, the cooperative compensation is completely optional. To be totally transparent about it, like you mm-hmm. said, get the education in, um, and and brokerages will clean up some of their training and all this evidence that was produced at this trial. and then we'll move forward with it with 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 still having a cooperative compensation structure, but one that is just more openly and clearly optional as opposed to what seemed to be very much mandatory up until this point. Um, that's one and in which case, again I'm I'm not sure there's going to be this tectonic shift in the industry if that's the case right um it'll 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 still be that way there'll be more transparency maybe you'll see a little bit more uh, chicken variation which I think would be a good thing as it relates to any scrutiny under antitrust because that was part of their case that there was no variation and it proved that there was a combination going on here the harder one and this gets back to the whole lending discussion we had the harder one is if there is, action taken, and cooperative compensation is now just no longer allowed. That's going to be the one that we're going to see. We're, but, we're, but we'll see water flow around the rock, right? We're yeah. industry, and it's a huge industry. And like I said, no matter what happens in this outcome, four to six million people are still going to transact homes every year. We'll adapt. That's right. And so the industry is going to adapt, and it's going to be like that river that flows around the big rocks. This is This would be a huge rock, dropped right in the middle, and industry will find its way around it. And whether it's using seller subsidies, whether the lending community is going to have to go back and look at certain regulations and say, can we now finance this? Will this be allowed? Um, Because let's face it, it's in the lender's best interest, right, to promote these transactions. Um, Industry will find a way. Industry will find a way. And let me offer this, you know, there, there, there have been investment banking. Uh, there's a lot of interested parties, as you said, follow the money. Yep. There's, been a lot, there's been investment banking reports on what's going on and and what some outcomes are going to be. And in some of the more drastic what-next scenarios, um, I've looked at some of these reports that say you could see, in the worst-case scenario, uh, 30 to 40% of the agent population go away. And twenty-five to thirty percent of the entire commission pool go away, but I kind of look at that differently. Like I kind of look at it for like you know Dave and, and Joe and, and 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 people like within the the organizations that care about their business, care about their clients, are offering real value. Maybe that's not a bad thing to have twenty-five percent of your competition go away, <laughs> right? Like maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't know, but 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 industry is going to find a way, yeah. and the, and the people that are offering. Value. Uh, I've said for a long time to to real estate agents that if you think your job is to find people a home, that that was gone a long time ago. That's not your value. Your value is more like a sherpa, like a very trusted counselor, because people only do these transactions nine, ten, eleven uh, you know once every nine, ten, or eleven years. And while it's not rocket science to us, if you only do a transaction like this every ten years, it might as well be rocket science. It's very confusing for people. Correct. Yes. And they need guidance. Uh, the first thing we learn in law school is a client, uh, a, a client, a, a lawyer who represents himself has a fool for a client. That's the expression. A lawyer who represents himself as a fool for a client, and it's because when you're involved in the deal, when you're involved in the controversy, when you're involved in the real estate transaction, you automatically lose twenty IQ points.
1: Emotion. Right?
2: You could be a perfectly rational, accomplished person. And the moment you're involved in a deal, that all goes out the window. And so I need Dave to help me to not be stupid, right? And not do stupid things. And and, and so there's going to be value there, I think, no matter what the outcome is. And like you said, Dave, industry is going to find a way at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I mean, short term, right, so if you're talking short term, like one of the things I think will actually come up heavily is limiting listing services, right? Um, the challenge with that, though, with limiting listing services is that you're on the hook for E&O on the whole transaction. So even if you're only doing the contract, anything goes wrong in that you're on the hook exposure liability-wise for the entire thing, even if you weren't doing something. So there's there's probably going to be some change in that. The other thing in finance, or the, the lending and title side, so um, what was funny is I, wrote, I was running a panel, uh, probably, three or four months ago in virginia beach and i asked a bunch of lenders and title uh, attorneys i was like give me some ideas on your lead generation and what was fascinating is down the entire row was agent referrals they literally literally i was like okay i didn't expect this i probably should ask this question and and, like understood what the response was going to be before because literally every one of them said agent referrals so i'm thinking to myself like okay if 90% 90% of your business is agent referrals and we all understand that refinancing ain't coming back for a very long very <laughs> like refinance ain't going to be it nope. so so it's going to be agent referrals so my question is is that like maybe this is once again uh, uh, controversial is that if you go back to CFPB and you've got some things going on in consumer protection which is what this is is that so if you know the lender's have to get referrals and title has to get referrals from agents. The agent's always going to have the control of the relationship, right? So if, you get to a place where they have to finance commissions to get deals done. I think Franny and Freddie's eventually gonna find some way to do that. So people can have representation because anybody that goes down for consumer protection is going to say, yes, you need professional services. You need, this is too much of a complicated deal, not to have professional services. So now what, what happens the loan, the loan officers finally come back and say, yeah, we well, can start financing commissions, but there's a cap. There's already caps on commissions for loan officers on jumbo loans. So you don't think that they're gonna Fannie and Freddie's gonna control it and say, oh, you know what, for protection of the consumer, there's gonna be a max compensation that can be financed. You already you already see this. So like I, I could see a, a play that says, yes, we have to do this because they need representation, and yes, the, the when you finance a XYZ commission, it's only a couple bucks a month or something like that for that representation that they got the house. You see all this and then all of a sudden you have, and I'm not a big fan of big government, but all of a sudden you get regulation that protects consumers because of a couple bad actors. You know, there's one other play, which again, if, if you follow the money,
0: membership, right? And we look at the amount of, of licensed realtors are, and we're talking about, okay, we're, we're probably gonna see a big transition this year, but that's because of the amount of units being sold is down just because of the state of the market it has nothing to do with the lawsuit. I would think what a better time to change our barrier of entry and our education requirements for the industry, right? We're gonna see three, four, five hundred thousand 100,000 agents get out of the business. Who knows what the actual number will be? We'll find out in January, right? right when all the renewals happen. But imagine right. a world where, because of the number of chickens that are transacted, that the barrier of entry was higher. Mm-hmm. But because of schools, because of membership dues, because all those things are affected too. Right, they're affected because the more people that are licensed, the more money certain organizations make. 100%.
2: There,
0: there's so much more that could happen and probably should and could happen above and beyond. And I think a, a well-documented change in some best practices about what we're doing either we're through how we present what we do, how we represent what we do, and how the contracts are written they need to be changed. We, always do, we change it twice a year anyways,
2: but these are gonna be some radical changes. I, I, I couldn't agree more I think you're definitely going see see that and I, I think that's a good point I think I think uh, th- there you're right there is a tension there in terms of like that barrier to entry that you talked about raising the level of education creating a higher barrier of entry but then on the other hand from from a trade association point of view you want membership yeah you know you want you want members so uh, but I for one again not to be controversial but I, Dave, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I think education, training, higher barrier to entry would all be very positive things. Um, I'd, I'd certainly vote to see that. I don't, I don't
0: imagine Nar hire me anytime soon with some of my point of views, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> no.
1: I mean, it, it's so. I guess you just like final takeaways on it is that like the transaction is there's nothing there hasn't been any of evolution in the transaction. You still have to have a realtor, hopefully a realtor or a Sherpa to guide you through the transaction. I like the Sherpa. You're I'm going to get my Sherpa match. Right. So you're still going to need a lender. You're still going to need title. You're still going to need homeowner's insurance on it. You're, you're still going need appraisal. So like traditionally, yes, there's a lot of noise and and, and changes like that are out of the control, but they're not actually affecting the transaction. And I think a lot of people in real estate need to realize is that the sales cycle that you're normally experiencing is 30, 60 days. So you hear this settlement thing and you expect, oh, well, my industry moves so quickly. It's going to happen tomorrow. No, this is going to take years. Yeah. It's going to take absolute years and you're also going to see a bunch of testing on this this cooperative compensation thing that's going to go on. You're going to see aggressive like go down to zero and then you're going to see some people maintain it whatever it is and they're going to do all that to see what's going to happen and what's going to happen is you're going to see do days on market extend, do price points go down, do they st- like what happens, right? And it's going to take 18, probably 24 months to see like how these different things test in an open market which I encourage because like, it's a free market. Let's see what actually works and what's best for the sellers and what's best for the buyers. Um, but I, I think in the short term, you're still going to need agents. You're going to still need like trusted advisors. You're going to still have to navigate these complex transactions because there's not an end-to-end solution that somebody can go in like Carvana and figure it out all online and then have a car dropped off at your house 24 hours later. It's not happening. You still have to do title search. You still have to do all these insurance things. You don't have any blockchain in that. So you're still having to do that so the people that actually are great experts and fiduciaries to their clients are going to get more more business and because of this market at higher interest rates and all this other noise that's going on the better skilled players in there are going to take the majority market share and they're going to learn what the best practices are so that the future of this industry is evolved by based on the people that are leading the pack on how you evolve it as opposed to figuring out what happened 20 years ago and you have to change i think that if you take anything away from this podcast it's like The people that are, like, tacticians in real estate right now, you have to change, you have to evolve, and you have to do something different because it's, like, all your outside forces are demanding
2: change. Yes. I have nothing to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Uh,
1: And without further ado, I guess I'll wrap up our episode for Entrepreneurial (laughs) Impact with Dave Donaldson, myself, and Keith from Vesta (laughs) Settlements.
0: Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.